You're listening to Safety FM Mini. Yeah. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, it's Friday, so you already know this is going to be a Safety FM mini episode. Nah, due to the popularity of last week's, let's try something different again. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Safety Focus Moment. They're consultants that want to help you get the safety culture you've been looking for. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Well, hello and welcome to Safety FM Mini. But then again, it's not going to be a mini today. Today, oh my, do we have something really special for you. Today, I have the honor, the honor, the honor of speaking to Leonard Dr. Love Jones. If the name sounds familiar, you might be involved in some way, shape, or form with the United States Air Force or the military. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Love for a moment. Leonard Dr. Love Jones is the Air Force Risk Management Program Manager in Air Force Safety Center, Kirkland Air Force Base. Your advice regarding and associated operational and occupational mishap prevention that apply to all missions, activities, and personnel within the Air Force. In addition, Dr. Love chairs the United States Air Force Risk Management Working Group and conducts risk management process, staff assistant visits, and verifying compliance, standardization, and functional application of risk management process as related to the Air Force Risk Management Policy and Guidance. He also ensures inputs are provided to Air Education and Training Command, Air University, and the United States Air Force Academy for risk management related to course development, integration, and sustainment. Besides that, he does infotainment videos that can be seen throughout all of the United States Air Force. So it is my privilege to welcome Dr. Love to the Jay Allen Show. Well, Dr. Love, I'm so excited about having you on. You don't know what this means. Well, this will be great. This is a good opportunity, I think. Well, and then I have to know, do I call you Alan? Do I call you Dr. Love? Do I talk, call you Mr. Jones? I mean, what do you, how do you want to go about this? Uh, Dr. Love is fine. <laughs> uh, that, that's probably the way people would recognize me, at least from any of our, uh, our stuff. Uh, but I go by Al or Dr. Love. So how did it all start? How does this whole thing start for you? Is it the Air Force first? Is the, lo- is the love for safety? How does it all happen? Well, the uh, my career, I came in as a crew dog, if you will. I was a navigator back in the days of celestial navigation, and uh, and so I really wasn't involved with safety for the first uh, approximately twenty years of my Air Force career. Then, uh, other than being a safe crew dog, hopefully, but uh, my last assignment was safety. I came to the safety center as a crash investigator working military crashes, uh, particularly the human factor side of it. And uh, when I retired, I was able to stay on, and uh, I kept working human factors. But then I moved over to risk management about four or five years ago. But uh, backing up, when I first got here, um, we did our own uh, travel booking through a, a, a new internet type of uh, program. 
and it was difficult to understand. I was the newest person, so they said, you'll be here the longest probably, and I was still military at the time. Uh, So they had me be the guru for this a defense travel system, it was called. And so I had to continually send out notes to people that you're doing it wrong. You need to always do this <laughs> or that. So instead of just sending out the notes, we decided to use a little humor. And we created Dr. Love's advice for the lovelorn. And, uh, and I would create letters that were sent in to me talking about personal problems. And then I'd always relay them back to the travel problem, like uh, to, to be a friend or to have a friend, you've got to be a friend. Just like in DTS, if you file, file your voucher, you need to include your receipts. So, and so uh, that's how Dr. Love got started. You're not, I thought you were going to turn around and tell me there was a love for this Kiss song that came out, or you really <laughs> like Dr. Pepper, one or the other. Well, you would think so. And to be honest, although I do have a little bit of a musical background, I wasn't overly familiar with the uh, with the Dr. Love song. But that has come up on more than one occasion when I'm speaking somewhere. So let me ask, what year are we talking about where you started de- developing this? And then is the character created in a lab or how does it come about? No, it's uh, uh, in the military, particularly within the flying uh, world. Most of us have call signs. Think of a Maverick and Goose uh, on Top Gun. And so when I started using the Dr. Love theme, um, that just became my natural call sign. And this was before any of the videos or anything that we did. So when I came over uh, to work risk management, we, we were concerned about getting a quick, short little message out uh, to our audience And we wanted to use a little bit of humor because, to be honest, uh, most people are not coming to a safety meeting all excited about getting to talk about safety. So How how can that be? There's no way. It is shocking. It is shocking. (laughs) But as I tell a lot of our instructors and such, you've got to bring your own energy. And we try to normalize some of the safety aspects we talk about. Safety is, 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 is not some separate program from life. Most of us do a pretty good job on uh, risk management. Most of us will look left or right before we cross the street because it's worth it. We'll spend three or four seconds looking. If we identify a hazard, which will be a car coming toward us, we'll come up with a mitigation. The mitigation may be just to stand there till the car passes. Uh, if we're down in New York City and it's nonstop traffic, at least before COVID, uh, it may make sense to mitigate the traffic hazard by walking down to the corner where there's a red light and waiting till there's a walk signal. So what we're really trying to do with Dr. Love and with our messaging is, hey, we're not the enemy. Safety meetings are not the enemy. Uh we just want to do life a little bit better. Risk management in particular is not even a safety program. It's just a decision-making pro- uh, process, and it works particularly well for safety. So as, as we started having some success, uh, that's what we've tried to stay geared toward is the Dr. Love theme. Uh, we, j- we call it risk management in 45 seconds or less. Uh, the truth is uh, these spots generally run either uh, – 30 seconds or 60 seconds so because unexpected to us, uh, we had some very good uh, results with the uh, American Forces Network, particularly in the Pacific and in Europe, running our spots. So now when we produce a spot, 
we produce something that a squadron level or a wing level, one of our different bases can use for their training, but it's also something that can play on the American Forces Network. So what is so when you come up with the with the concept originally and say okay we're going to go into the video aspect what is the vis, the first video look like what are we what are we talking about do you remember what even the, the first segment was about uh, I, I do um, the the very first segment was just trying to introduce the concept of risk management and to be honest uh, we had a great PA shop here our public affairs shop and, and I tell people we're not a low budget uh, outfit we're a no budget. So we took some well, cameras. Your, your, uh, no bu- your no budget looks very well. I'm going to throw that out there. Well, and, and and I got to caveat this by saying these are a public affairs specialist, and uh, we have some folks that have worked with combat camera, and they've got a pretty extensive uh, background. So we just went outside the safety center to the uh, uh, light, red light, right near the center, and we just produced one little short video on risk management and how it was just a normal way of living and making decisions. And we used the concept of looking left or right uh, uh, before you cross the street. And we ended that segment with a little bit of humor. Uh, as I remember, uh, we were talking about, um, uh, you know, call your mama and thank her for teaching <laughs> you how to cross the street. You know, you, you know, your mama wants you to call. And then we started uh, thinking, you know, at the end of every one of these, if we can put a little bit of humor, talking to our uh, psychologist we have here at the safety center, uh, we, we, we came up with uh, the idea that's, that's already out there that if, if you present something and people are laughing at the end kind of, they'll, they'll, uh, there's a better chance of, uh, of retaining that information. So we always try to throw a little bit of humor. Now, granted, uh, we, we have a little bit of censorship. We can't just go crazy. So some of the humor is a little bit corny, but even that's okay. If they say that sure was a corny ending Dr. Love used when he was talking about seatbelts, that's okay. That's a win because they walk away remembering uh, it was on seatbelts. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you in, I don't even know how I'm going to tie this in. This is going to sound terrible, so let me kind of backtrack. Even if they end corny, the ones that I've seen online, I think they're really good. You pull it off very nicely on how you set them up. Uh, well, thanks. And that is part of the process. When we look at uh, uh, we're scripting out what we're going to say, we've got to say things very fast to get it in a 30 or 60-second format, get one central idea across. And we do try to, in the in the original scripting, come up with the ending right from the get-go so we know what we're building toward uh, to uh, to try to leave them with a bit of humor. And uh, in all honesty, the more we have done this, I think the better we've gotten at, uh, uh, at ideas and trying something new. Uh, so uh, we've lucked out pretty well. Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's luck. I definitely consider it skill based on the ones that I've seen. Now, I've seen some on social media that are interesting. Just cover some different segments. Now, are there ones that are released and that are not being able to be seen through the general public because of the subject matter that you're no, actually no, covering? No, no. By and large, not. Uh, we certainly don't handle classified type of information. As a matter of fact, uh, I speak at the National Safety Council and places like that. We show the videos. We encourage the public to use our videos uh, 
you anybody can get the video on www.safety.af for Air Force dot mil www.safety.airforce.mil. Additionally, uh, you can find them on uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, but but we highly encourage people to uh, take them and, and use them. If people are being safe anywhere, that's a win for us. Oh, that, that's a great way to look at it because I wasn't sure. I know that I had found them on Facebook and I was just like, I don't know how far I can go. And I was like, I will ask the question before I go down, down that path in particular. Now, when you're doing the setup and you have everything good and ready to go, do you have like multiple script writers or are you kind of sitting in your room? filling it all out by yourself well you know I, i'm a shower thinker a lot of good ideas <laughs> seem to come in the shower um, there's a video from the shower as well i might oh, yeah, add that we did, we did, <laughs> yep we did that but uh, the way we come up with a script uh, there's a couple of ways we may have a major command and in the air force a major command might be fighter aircraft or cargo aircraft or people that do lab work if a major command is having a problem with a safety area or with some incidents, um, we may write one specifically for them. We also look at our trending analysis. Uh, we have the Air Force Safety Automated System where we load all of our uh, mishaps that occur so we can do tracking and trending. If we see a trending problem, we can also attack uh, that via a script. Uh, additionally, uh, before COVID at least, I did a lot of traveling speaking on risk management and teaching classes. If I was traveling to Alaska to speak, we would talk with the local public affairs shop there and they would provide a, uh, a camera person and uh, we'd go out and shoot a video on cold weather or maybe camping in the uh, Alaskan wilderness. Likewise, if I was down at uh, Panama City or Fort Walton uh, at one of our uh, bases, we do one on uh, riptides or rip currents or, or something like that. So there's multiple ways that we come up with what is the topic going to be. And to be honest, uh, a lot of our incidents mirror the same thing that happens in the civilian world, slips, trips, falls, uh, fatigue, those kind of items also. So that's another way we come up with it. When we get a topic, uh, yeah, when we get a topic, uh, I will write a lot of it. However, the public affairs team here helps me. But a lot of times we turn to the safety center itself. Now, we do safety for aircraft. We do safety for uh, ground occupational. We do weapon safety. I've got all kind of expertise. So when I get the rough uh, draft of the script written, I will generally give it to one of those professionals and make sure that we're saying things correctly for whatever area of expertise uh, we're diving into. So roughly what year do you start doing this? I know that you said that you had retired, but what year are you roughly starting this as Dr. Love and then you do the first video? What are we talking about here? Uh, probably 2014. I retired uh, as a military member. Uh, I was getting on up a little bit in the age there. So I retired in 2007 and joined the Safety Center as a uh, GS, a government service uh, civilian employee. And I kept working human factors and, and crash type and uh, uh, mishap investigation. Uh, and in 2014, I moved over to risk management. 
And that's when we did our first video. And uh, it's just started rolling uh, as they were used more. People were asking for them. We started producing more. And right now we have over 150 uh, videos. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's that's quite a few. So what, what were you averaging pre-COVID on frequency? Um, maybe two or three a month. Uh, well, that, I mean, that, that keeps you busy because it's, I mean, even though oh, that's the fun part, because when you start taking a look at it and you go, okay, they're 30 to 45 seconds, there's so much work that goes into them before you're even able to get them up. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. And uh, I, I take my part as being a, a relatively small. I mean, we ride them. We have to come up with them. I'm in front of the camera. But a lot of work is done uh, in, in post, as you probably uh, well know, to get these down and make the timing that we need to uh, make and have it all work. Um, and then have edits that are done afterwards because maybe we didn't say something exactly right or for whatever reason. There's a lot of work that goes into it. You're exactly right. And we do have the pros uh, uh, doing that for us. Well, I have to tell you, I was watching the one a few days ago with you and the skateboard and how you're you're standing on the top of the ramp. I love how it ends. I'll put it that way. That way, if anybody goes looking for it, I don't want to ruin it for them. (laughs) But I'm just amazed on some of the angles and the positions that you'll put yourself in, anywhere from a pole, a car accident, and so on. Well, and I tell you, the the skateboard is so funny because, you know, if you've seen the video, we kind of made one. The one that we made to show how uh, shoddy they were was much better than the ones we originally used. I remember taking a two by four and uh, again, taking a skate apart using a hammer and a nail and what have you. And, uh, you know, we're lucky we're, we're alive today. <laughs> Aren't you glad they're putting you at the wrist position on doing that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, a, a, again, it's not as dangerous as it looks. I, a lot of things I won't do, uh, <laughs> Uh, just because, uh, you, you know, it was, it's just risk management. The older you get, when you get hurt, the longer it takes to heal. So uh, so we, we take a pretty good look at what we're doing. And uh, luckily, we do have some very talented young people. We're working more of them into the scripts. We just did a bicycle uh, to include mountain biking video. It's not released yet, but uh, uh, we had some very talented people uh, showing us how to ride mountain bikes. So as you're doing these, what has been the thing that has surprised you the most in regards of now you're known as Dr. Love, you've been doing these videos, what out of the ordinary has happened that you didn't expect to happen from these? Well, the viewership is very interesting. While I did expect uh, Air Force members to, uh, over a certain period, uh, they are different and they should stand out in somebody's memory. I expected that to happen, but uh, as they have been released in the American Forces Network, uh, we've got people all over the world seeing them. And I was in Germany, uh, I think it was a year ago, uh, at a base. So we have a base exchange, which is basically like a a big Walmart or something on base. And I was walking uh, in this this store, and a mother was walking by me with a, a child that I took to be three or four years old. I don't know. Uh, and we had released a video at the time that was of me kayaking. Well, I was kayaking in an indoor pool, and that comes to light at the very end where uh, you think I might be somewhere a big body of water, but the owner of the house is yelling at me, Dr. Love, kayak out of the pool. Uh, <laughs> so as I'm walking down uh, at this mall, 
this little child that must have been three or four years old looks up at me and says, Dr. Love, kayak, out of the pool. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that talks about how much TV they're watching or not, but that was the most surprising thing that uh, uh, that I've had lately, at least. Well, it's it's pretty interesting on how it actually works and how well you're impacting the market, because especially because it looks like you have a lot wider reach than just a social media video. Because if you would have told me, hey, yeah, I'm having impact in Germany, I would have never known until you just made the statement here. So you also referenced earlier that you go into speak at the National Safety Council. Now, are we talking about their big events that they put on once a year? Or are you talking like the, the regional chapters or how does that work? I generally go to the Congress that's uh, once a year. This year, it's being delayed until uh, next March. And by the way, it may be uh, virtual even when they do it there. But I will speak at some regionals, but but generally, uh, I'm going to go to the uh, the Congress every year and, and speak there. The, the other reach that we get, about a two million uh, uh, person reach, would be through the American Forces Network because those play uh, seven times a day over there. And we even, uh, w- when they run uh, programs on the American Forces Network, they don't show regular commercials. Uh, so when they were running the Super Bowl, uh, Uh, A few years ago, they put one of our uh, commercials in there uh, for real-time play on the Super Bowl, which I didn't know till uh, somebody else told me on the base. Uh, Oh, so no, you have to. We have to. We have to frame that a little bit better. You were in a Super Bowl ad. We don't have to say how it got there. I tell people I was in a network (laughs) Super Bowl ad. Again, you don't have to go into the details. But the American Forces Network runs these things for us. uh, seven times a day, and there's two or three different videos running. But what that does for us, it, it not not only do I get a specific message out, it kind of normalizes safety. Hey, safety is a normal part of life. Uh, it, it, that that's a win, also. Not the specific thing, but the fact that we uh, that we're just pushing safety in general. And again, with the American Forces Network, not only do we uh, uh, cover the uh, Air Force. We also cover Army, Navy, Marines, space, uh, and civilians around the world. So, uh, and we have some local nationals that even uh, that watch it. So, when you take a look at this, do you look back and go, "You guys are creating a piece of content that you would deem infotainment"? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fair case. We want to stay relaxed. I mean, what we're talking about is deadly serious. Uh, right. On, on a couple of counts, we we owe it to our airmen uh, to keep them as safe as we possibly can because it's the right thing to do. But we also owe it to the taxpayers to keep our people safe. We spend money training people for very, uh, very specialized uh, work tasks. We have all kind of very valuable equipment to include uh, 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 very expensive aircraft. Uh, so we, we take it seriously from the standpoint of what we do is very important. Uh, we lighten it a bit. So we hope people are really going to listen to it. They get required safety after required safety after required safety courses. So if we can pull back a little bit and maybe give them something they don't even know they're getting when they're getting it, uh, that's a win for us. Now, do you ever 
teach any of the required safety courses? Oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoy platform instruction. Uh, I tell you, when I came in the Air Force, I taught celestial navigation, which was amazing to me because it actually works. Most of the time it worked for me. But uh, I started teaching that about the third time I taught it. I really understood it. Uh, and I really, uh, I really found myself enjoying platform instruction. So I still do some. I still occasionally teach our board president's course where we teach uh, – uh, higher ranking individuals, how to run a safety investigation if we have a crash or something like that. And I also teach a couple of risk management uh, courses, but I, uh, I absolutely love uh, platform instruction. So when you look overall at your career, what you've done in the military, now what you're doing now, what have you enjoyed the most? It's hard to say, uh, boy. Um, it's, it's like picking your favorite child. I know I ask some terrible questions when it comes to that, but yeah, I always want to know. I, I would say uh, I, I, as, as far as just the job, uh, I love celestial navigation because I had students for six weeks and I teach them day celestial and night celestial. Now, back in those days, at least, everybody didn't get through. And it was kind of heartbreaking to have somebody that really wanted to get their wings and get through the program that didn't. That was bad. But to be able to bring somebody through that, uh, you really you really felt like you accomplished something. Now, as far as location goes, uh, Okinawa was pretty good. Um but also, I was a commander of the Arctic Survival School for several years up in Alaska. And that's just absolutely beautiful uh, country up there. So as you look around and now all of a sudden, and I don't know, for the people that might have not seen you, you do not. How can I phrase this properly without it sounding terrible? You don't have the um, the very short hairdo. No. As most military oper- <laughs> operators do, um, a lot of people that I've shown your picture to, they reference Doc Brown from um, yeah. Back to the Future, and I'm sure you get that quite Absolutely, a bit. Absolutely, we do, and it's funny. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I'm talking the '60s and '70s when I was in high school and such. I played in bands, and I had long hair back then. Which, by the way, my my mother, uh, uh, God rest her soul, always hated my long hair, so she loved it. When I had a 25 year career as an active duty Air Force member, I did always have the uh, uh, tight. <laughs> short hair. Yeah, I was, uh, well, short for the Air Force. The Marines and the uh, Army would have some uh, arguments about that. But anyway, I still enjoyed uh, uh, speaking and I got to do some musical things for the Air Force and such. So in my heart, my hair was still long. And once I retired, uh, everybody laughs about it around here, but, you know, I immediately started growing my hair out again. Uh, but yeah, we get some people that are, are find it curious that I was, uh, uh, that I'm actually a retiree. And when I use my, uh, retiree card at some places to get on and such, they, uh, there's a little bit of amazement. I guess. <laughs> well, no, there's one picture online of you that you that your hair is kind of slightly back, not all the way back, but you're pointing your finger and that picture for some reason always sticks out. Every time that I see it, I look at it and I go, that is such great cover art that you have there. I'm sure that was not the purpose on how it was made, but it definitely does stick out that way. Well, actually that was kind of the purpose. We, again, <laughs> our public affairs specialist, uh, we went down to, we have a little studio here at the safety center, but we wanted something and I'll have to give my, uh, uh, the credit to this, to, uh, the PA staff, we intentionally were trying to brand. We wanted to brand Dr. Love and uh, 
and that was part of it. So they did some great photography in there and uh, a little bit of post work there, get rid of a wrinkle or two, I reckon. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, that was targeted. So as as you go through this now, where do you see this going? I mean, now with everything going on with COVID, do you how long do you think you'll be continuing to do this? And are you going? Are you making small minions at the same time too to to kind of pick up of what you're doing at the same time? Well, a lot of this is personality driven, as you may guess. So it, it, to find somebody with the uh, safety background and a uh, little bit of the comfort in front of a camera, plus you got to write your own scripts. Uh, it, it's a little complicated, but yeah, we keep our eyes open for that. Now, as far as the COVID goes, um, uh, I've got green screen capability at home even and stuff. And w- before we were working in the office at all, we produced several uh, videos uh, via the house uh, talking about working at home and some of the uh, safety aspects of that. So this hasn't slowed us down too much. Um we're still producing about two or three videos uh, uh, a month. And what we're seeing is reflective, I think, in society here in the States, at least. Uh, a lot of bicycle injuries. People are doing things they can do alone or with some distance. Uh, you can't hardly buy a bike now if you go out anywhere. So, uh, And camping. We're seeing a lot of camping stuff going on. As we move into the winter months, I'm very concerned about uh, people out there camping, snowmobiles, cross-country skiing. I think we're going to see a little up uh, surge in incidents in those different areas. So we've still got a job to do, uh, and and we're able to do it. Uh, it's a little more challenging setting up the videos and uh, uh, getting them filmed, but uh, there's still a message that needs to get out there. Now, have you done any videos that have been mass-related, if you don't mind me asking? I'm sorry. That are, oh, have been mass related. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've done one yet. Although I say that we've worked uh, a scene or two in where we're wearing masks. We've done one on washing hands. Uh, so yes, we've got a few, uh, a few like that. Now, Dr. Love, if people want to find out more information about you and the stuff that you're doing, where can they go? Well, again, the the best place is probably our website, www.safety.af.mil. If they want to pull a video from there or learn more, all of our safety stuff's on there. There's a risk management section they can look at. And again, if you've got nothing but YouTube, you can search Dr. Love Risk Management. Don't just search for Dr. Love. You're going to get the wrong videos altogether. But uh, uh, <laughs> should I ask what kind of videos uh, come up? Yeah, <laughs> it may keep the audience entertained, but it, it wouldn't work for us. So risk management, doc, uh, Dr. Love will get you what you need. And uh, But the Safety Center website, not only does it have good risk management information there, there's all kind of safety uh, products there that people could pull off and use and all kind of good information about various uh various kinds of safety. Well, Dr. Love, I truly do appreciate you coming on to the show today. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I enjoyed my time here and uh, hopefully we can do it again. So you have to tell me, what did you think about Dr. Love? Great information provided during the interview. I have to tell you, if you want to see some of his work, please go to www.safety.af. Dot M-I-L. That's safety.af.mil. It's a true privilege speaking to Dr. Love today and listening to the different things that he has going on. 
from Hinton's neck of the woods. Anyways, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM, and that is the listener. Safety FM is the home of real safety talk. Don't worry, we'll be back with another episode of the Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com.